Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. To the masters, break it down. Think it away, intestines and food. We just got tired of doing what you told us to do. Like a freak boy, yeah. Like a freak little man, break it down. DJ Nation fam, what is going on? What is happening? It's the DJ Nation pod coming to you for the NFL DFS wild card Saturday slate. Now, I know that what you guys are going to be saying, hold up, hold up. There's a Sunday slate, too. Yes, we know that. We're about to get this Saturday slate to you guys, and then we're going to get the Sunday slate to you as well. Two shows for the price of one for you coming at here, coming at you. Episode 97 this week. And uh, we got a special guest that we're going to get into. <laughs> One of your hosts here, Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Joined by my two usual co-hosts there, the usual suspects, the Godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rad 13. And then our boy, Matty Buckets, Matty DFS, Matty 2v2 at Matty DFS is where you can find him on Twitter, Mr. Matty D. And our guest today, the one and only Derek Brown. Mr. D bro underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. Follow him. He's got the work coming at you from FTN. Uh, one half of the chalk, uh, chalk fade, I believe, right? Podcast there uh, with Adam Pfeiffer. So uh, Derek, we, we're happy to have you, man. Usually you're hitting us up in chat when you're not coming on for these special slates. But <laughs> this wild card, because it's wild card weekend, you know, we had to get you on brother. Dude, I'm, I'm I'm either in chat. Y'all got me up late. I'm like writing articles. Like I got this plan on the side that way I can sit here and make fun of Maddie wearing Dallas Cowboys sock hats and previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Whatever. That. Dude, I, I, I'm just calling it like I see it, man. You wore it. I can't make fun of it. I mean, it, just, it happened. It happened. But no, nah, man, thank y'all for having me back. This is going to be a blast. I mean, I feel like every playoff every holiday slate we do this so we got to run it back for this one man come on we got six games oh, at least yeah. at least my sock hat had a logo on it yes a very oh, ugly and terrible logo but yes <laughs> that logo. you are right sir man Maddie was beating that drum hard yeah hard oh, he was all that andy dalton love yeah. man he was he was feeling it the drumstick snap the cool way Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, we got the, the NFL DFS here. It's wild card slate. We, you know how we love that. Um, this is going to be a fun one. And, and, you know, we can talk about it with DraftKings for, for a long time. But, uh, it, you know, they split it up into two, three gamers. Yeah, I guess there is a, an overall six gamer, too, if you, if you like that. But there's no featured, quote, unquote, featured contest there. So you have to uh, – you have to um, – 
you know, take that for what it's worth. Get into some single entries there. Uh, there's not too many big field tournaments, so we'll get into uh, we'll get into the Saturday slate for you. Guys. The comments are already lit. Oh, Marito, Marito going for the head. I love that. I love that. Um, but I always no, want to call it, every time I see his name pop up, I always want to call him Waldo. Where's Waldo? <laughs> Hey, tell him. You can tell him in chat, Betty. Let him know what's up. I should. Well, Lito no, about that life. No, it's fair. I respect it. Hey, you got a top 10 pick. Uh, Dallas, maybe, hey, maybe Dallas trades Dak or whatever to uh, Houston and gets to Deshaun Watson. That would be so, that would be the most Jerry Jones move in the world. But Oh, my God. That would be awful. That would be crazy. We, but, we, uh, we like he trade he trade for David Johnson. That's probably more likely. That we get He's not Bill O'Brien. <laughs> he likes some running back contracts, man. Yeah, he does. Love them running back contracts. But uh, we we don't stop talking about the Cowboys. They ain't on this slate. Washington football team, man. Um, no, we got six teams on this Saturday slate for you guys. Should be an interesting one. We got uh, Bills and Colts going on, Seahawks and, and Rams in the middle, and then the Bucks and Washington football team at the end. So, uh, you know, this Saturday slate is going to be fun. I, I'm happy to talk about it with you guys. Before we get into this uh, overview of the slate, just want to do a couple housekeeping items here first of all for the youtube channel you know shout out to everybody who's following along with us at the fantasy authority for the youtube channel there we appreciate that if you guys have not been watching them you guys got to go out and check out these ranking videos that kevin and cody have been putting out there uh quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends for the playoff slate uh for wild card weekend those those are live all of those are live right now. So definitely go and check those out. And we'll definitely be getting you guys some DFS content that you can rock along with this week too. And then get into the NFL playoff challenge with us, guys. You can reach out to the DJ Nation pod or the Fantasy Authority channel at FF underscore authority. Want to get you into that NFL playoff challenge. First place is taking home that signed Miles Sanders jersey um, that Kev's been talking about and happy to give away there. So we want you guys in on that. Maddie, myself, and Kev are already in that. Derek, we might have to send you a to get in that too, brother. Just okay. be on the show. And then uh, next week on this show, we are giving away signed A-Rob jersey. Who knows? The Bears might spoil that uh, for you, Derek. Uh, we'll talk about that in the second show. But uh, that could be an interesting jersey giveaway that we're doing for next week. So so appreciate everybody. We got we to gotta give away, man. Starting off the new year right uh, here at the DJ Nation. So let's get into the slate, guys. And um, without wasting any time, let's just go and talk about kind of the quarterback position here. And I'm just going to, before I kind of, talk about quarterbacks, just kind of talk about these implied totals that I saw. And these are obviously, you know, can change. And I know there's some injury news and COVID news that we're kind of waiting to see for the weekend, but you got the bills at the top. I mean, bills are heavy, the favorite. I mean, everybody's going to be trying to stack Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs and company there on this slate. Got to monitor what Cole Beasley's doing, but they, they got 29 and a half bucks coming at 26 0.75 is what I was seeing. Then Seahawks at 23.75. And then the bottom three are Colts, Rams, and Washington football team uh, with the Rams not having named their starting quarterback yet. Uh, I believe Josh Allen's questionable or Josh Allen, J- Jared Goff is questionable um, is what they're saying. But the more the weeks go on or the week goes on, the more it sounds like this uh, Wolford 
kid is going to be starting yet again. Uh, the the running quarterback there uh, for the Rams going against Seattle. That's an interesting game. So talk to me, guys, about what you're doing at the quarterback position. I, I you know talked about it with the Bills being the highest implied team total. They're going first, right? So th- this is very an interesting spot as we get Josh Allen and and just talking about price. Price is really not conducive this week. I mean, we got a three game slate. You can pretty much play Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Jonathan Taylor. And, and whomever, you know, and still be fine with defense and, and the way that the tight end position shapes up. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see these builds. And Josh Allen coming at the top at 7,500. Next highest price is Tom Brady going against Washington football team that's late. Russell Wilson is the third and going against the Rams team that he really hasn't had that much success against. If we're being honest, like has pretty much put up some dog shit performances um, against them. I believe the past three games, he hasn't thrown for a touchdown, only rushed for one and has a, a handful of interceptions against them. So really tough to kind of trust Russell Wilson there. Um, you get Phillip Rivers at 5,400, which is kind of interesting to me. I mean, you know, if everybody's going to be on Josh Allen in that game, playing on the back end with Phillip Rivers and, and kind of getting leverage off of what's going to be uh popular Jonathan Taylor on this slate. It, it seems interesting. You know, it's, it could be, you know, it's Phillip Rivers, it's Phillip Rivers in the playoffs, um, a place where he hasn't been in, in quite some time, but um, we know that he can always disappoint. So that's interesting. But I think for me, it starts with Josh Allen at the top. And then I'm really interested in Tom Brady, whether or not Mike Evans plays. I mean, one of my favorite plays at the wide receiver position when we talk about it is Antonio Brown. Um, I think that the Washington football defense is really going to try and get pressure on them. But we got, you know, Tom Brady's very smart. He's been in the playoffs however many times. Like he's going to try and get this ball out of his hands quickly and uh, doesn't really shape up for a good matchup for the run game. So uh, like what Tom Brady has to do, get that leverage there. And also for the Bills and Derek, I know you you and Maddie, you guys love the stats. Um a lot, a lot more than than I do that I dive into. But just in look, doing some research with it being a, a playoff slate and trying to dive a little bit deeper, um, I was reading up on how the Bills like to or the Colts like to run a zone defense. Josh Allen hasn't really had that much success against it. That man is really where he's been more successful. So you know, a lot of hype has been around Josh Allen of him kind of coming to form, being efficient, and really having an incredible. Um, spike in year two here um, as he's come along or you know in his in his uh, career to get to where he is now and whether that's Dayball or Stefan Diggs being there what have you so he'll be popular but I'll definitely try and find leverage spots off of him where are you guys looking Derek with you being the guest kind of started off and let me know where are you looking this week to kind of get your builds because I really can't get off of those two top guys at quarterback I, I can't make you a bunch of a conversation to sit here and not play. I mean, to really play a whole lot of people outside of just playing Josh Allen and Tom Brady and just be different with your builds. Stack it up instead of two pass catchers, go three, play for the nuclear game. I mean, Russell Wilson and Jerry, I, and it, it sounds like at least the last reports that, that I read, it, it sounds like Jared Goff might give it a go. He's gotten in limited practices. He's been throwing. So it seems like as crazy as it is, because dude has his thumb surgerized less than two weeks ago, it looks like he's going to give it a go. But that game overall is disgusting. Like I might just full fade that game um, because wow. both those defenses are elite. Um, and, well, the Rams are. The, the Seattle Seahawks have not played a whole lot of people down the stretch, but they're playing a lot better and what the Rams want to do, I think they're probably just going to slow the damn game down, which doesn't work out well for Russ, doesn't work out well for Jared Goff. So that whole entire game just feels gross, man. Like, if you want to pick off, like, 
maybe some one-offs, some mini correlations out of that game. I get it. But this whole slate, I mean, as condensed and as chalky as it feels, I think that the way that you get different with it is be different with your builds with Josh Allen and Tom Brady because I, I can't play Phillip Rivers. Like, I get the whole leverage conversation, and Jonathan Taylor is going to carry a lot of ownership percentage for good damn reason because we'll get to when we get to running backs. But I might not play a team without Jonathan Taylor this weekend for, for the, all of those reasons we'll discuss. But Rivers, since Jonathan Taylor has become a thing, I mean, you look at his last few games, his production has dropped off. Like, he's been teetering this year around, like, usable weeks. Like, he's come so freaking close to, like, having 20-point performances. Like, week 15, 17, 17. Before then, he was 19, 18. You go back to, like, week 11, he was 22 points. But if you look at since Jonathan Taylor's become really a thing in this offense since since week um, 11, his fantasy points have dropped almost every single week. He's dropped the last five weeks. Like he went, he was 19.2 in week 13. He dropped all the way to 11.4 points. So the way that the Colts could possibly win this game, I don't think that it's going to be like on the back of Phillip Rivers. I think some of his pass catchers can have success, but I think they're better off like picking out those pass catchers instead of playing Rivers. Because I think I, I don't think that I think that what we've seen out of the whole year. Rivers has shown us he has no ceiling. There is no ceiling there. Like, even for him to get to 20 points, if Brady and Allen go nuclear, which Allen can definitely do that, dude. Like, five of his last seven games, he scored 29 or more DK points. That His floor is probably Phillip Rivers' ceiling. So I don't think that you're getting a saving on enough by playing Rivers to make your lineups different where you can overcome – being in a hole because Josh Allen or Tom Brady. So really it's it's those two quarterbacks, and I'm just going to try to be different with my build. So even if I'm playing three max, I'll just run a second Josh Allen lineup and just play it a little bit different, maybe hedge it from how I built my other uh, lineup with Allen. But am, am I wrong, man? Like, are y'all seeing a third quarterback that's playable here? All right. <laughs> Tell me who, man. Go ahead, Maddie. Please. It's, it's Russell Wilson. Why? How? Tell Tell me how. Like, based off of what we've seen over the last, like, since week, what was it, week nine or week 10? And he went for 390 and two scores. How is it not when he cost $6,600 on a three-game slate? And what has he done in the last few weeks, and what's that offense done to show you? Because I I know you were on him last week. Yeah, I know you were on him last week. But versus this Rams defense, dude, tell me how he finds a ceiling versus that secondary. No, uh, definitely the Rams defense is legit, but, I mean, also – part of what the Rams have done is they've, they've faced some pretty bad pass defenses or pass offenses. So you go back and look at Buffalo early in the year, put up 35 on them out through for 274. Um, Dak threw for 244 in the opener uh, first game of the year uh, with no preseason. And then it's just a bunch of, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson played him twice, but I mean, he's never really exploded against them. Uh, over the, this year and last year, but I mean, he's 6,600 and we always, I mean, what's Russ usually 75 to 8k and now he's 6,600 on a, on a three game slate where I, if I'm paying down, like I would rather pay 1200 more for Russ, a guy who I know can, he can somehow get to 30 in any game. Like this is Russell Wilson. We're talking about like he is a top five quarterback. And if he went out there and had his Russ magic and you're like, damn, Russ is incredible. Like 
he finally showed up in the playoffs when it mattered most. Uh, and he dropped a, a 25 to 30 point game. You have to have him on your team because he's 6,600. Whereas if he goes out there and he gets you 17 or 18 points, you're not dead because he's 6,600. But like Phillip Rivers, he's got like a path to like 12 points because uh, Jonathan Taylor can just take over that game. It's just like, I don't know. I just feel like if Seattle is going to score at all, it's going to be because of Russ. And like that Rams rush defense is really, really good. Uh, I mean, you look at the metrics and it, it's because they pay, yeah. they play their, it's a base three, four. Um, so the, the, all the lines, the adjusted line yards and all that say they're not very good, but uh, then they get to, you get to like the second level in open field yards and they're, they're first and second in those. And it's because of how good their linebacker and safety play has been. And, and it's just the scheme, like, you only have three linemen. Obviously, the line are going to get you know a little bit more of a push. Yeah, I think, man, if if Seattle is going to do anything in this game, um, I I think you got to have interest in Russell Wilson. And it's just it's a price thing for me. Uh, just betting on dudes at low ownership at a cheap price who are just extremely talented um, on a three game slate, which everybody and for good reason, like. Sign me up for for uh, Bills Colts game stacks. Sign me up for that. I, I am all in. Uh, but yeah. I mean, just there's just something in me that says, why are you not going to play a ten to fifteen percent on Russell Wilson at sixty six hundred dollars? Because nobody's going to play him because they're scared of the Rams defense. Okay. Well, so the pushback on that is, why can't I just play DK or lock it as a one all? Good. And right. and because right. we've seen it all season, dude. One of the guys goes off. Russell, if he gets to three touchdowns, it gets spread out behind that one guy. He showed us who was last week. I, I know you yeah. were on Russ last week. Lockett had a game, and Russ didn't take anybody but one guy with him. Like, nobody has a ceiling besides that. So why play Russ when I can play another quarterback and then just play Lockett or DK as a one-off? And I'm probably getting 75%, maybe 65% of Russ. And there's not a double stack that's viable with him that's going to hit a ceiling. That's that's my whole thing, man. Like, even if Russ hits a ceiling, you're going to single stack him. Like, like what, what has he shown us that we could possibly double stack him unless you go possibly trying to figure out who the shit catches a touchdown versus the, for the tight ends? Like, out, outside of that. Like, who else is it? Or unless we're going to play the David Moore <laughs> game. Yeah, in the, in the counter – well, not even really a counter argument, but my agreement with you is you look at Russ too and a lot of his production early in the year came from running. So, like, mm-hmm. you, you you go back and look at his uh, week 16, only nine rush yards. Week 14, negative one against the Jets. Uh, week 12, he had 12 rush yards. But, like, up until week 11, it was like 42, 60, 23, 84, 58, 22, 39, 29. So, like, this dude, he does have rushing upside. Um he just – I don't know what it's been, but over the last four weeks, he's only eclipsed 29 yards once. Um, but, I mean, he's he's got that in the tank. And so, like, if you want to play him, you only need to stack him with one guy because he can get there with his legs to reach his ceiling. And at six – I'm just – my argument is 6,600 is, is too cheap for a top-five quarterback in the league, no, no matter I, what the matchup is. Yeah. But I, I agree. Yeah, I get last, that. So, last week it was a bit different because Tyler Lockett was 5,800, and that was stupid. Um, so dumb. So it was so easy to double stack him and DK with with Russ because of how cheap they were. But this week they're both both the wide receivers are priced up to where the point where yes they're both going to have to hit their ceiling. Yeah, it's you you just ask is there a third quarterback that that I could play behind Brady and, and Allen and if for me it's Russ and 
It's just because of how cheap he is. If he was 7,500, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. I, I agree. I agree, Matty. Um, Kev, what, where, where do you fare in the conversation here with, with quarterbacks? Because I want to see if you're um, going to talk uh, Wolford or not. Well, first, first we got to hit up the appreciate it TN with, with a super chat and then with a $20 super chat. So let's answer okay, this man. first. Answer that man's question. Anytime we get a super chat, we got to answer that first. So those are the rules. Uh, so COVID has struck the Browns. Do they even have a chance? Which wild card team has the best chance to upset? I, I'm going to say the Colts have a really good chance to upset. I think there's a path for it. Um, with the Browns, man, I don't know if they have much of a chance. I'll be honest, man. I think the Steelers could throttle them. I, I think um, it depends on it depends on to me. It depends on what Steelers offense shows up, right? Like, is it the fair. one that we've seen prior to? Do we get uh, decent Ben Bin or do we get dog shit Ben? Which version yeah, of Ben walks into the stadium? Right. Or do we get the one the Ben that was previous to that? Because I the, the the Browns defense has the pass rush to be able to get to him and disrupt things a little bit. Um so I do think there's a there's a path to the Browns. So I think it's likely, probably not. Like to me, I like I, I think the best chance for an upset probably does come from the Colts. Um, at least like real true upset. Like I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. going to consider it upset if the Ravens knock off the Titans or anything like that. Ravens are favorite, like three and a half point favorite. Right. What about what? A, are we just talking wild card teams, or is this like wild card games? What? What? Yeah. Well, no, I, well, what about what about Washington over Tampa? I think so. Okay, uh, man. So, well, <laughs> the, 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 last the, last week's that Tampa defense. Oh, maybe God. this week's. So the, what's what's the knock on t- on Tom Brady? Every time we've had a podcast this year, he can't. Yes. He sucks, sucks ass when he's under pressure. You yep. guys are you guys about to steal my thunder because that's what I was waiting on. I was hoping nobody nobody brought this up because I was about to bring the rain to on on Tom Brady. I am not fucking playing Tom Brady at all. Oh, I'm not either. I'm not either. Like, like you cannot. Wow. He's 6,900. He is yeah, just yeah. behind. He is tw- like he's 29th or 30th in uh, pressure completion percentage on the year. You get to him, it is good night. Okay, and so like this front seven for Washington, like I do think that Washington can beat the Bucks. Like it is certainly there for them to be able to do it. The question is, is can they do anything offensively to be able to to put some points up here? Because that's what worries me the most. You still have Alex Smith is dealing with a calf injury. They could be mixing in Taylor Heineke. Like I don't know if they have enough to be able to, to be able to beat the Bucks. But that is certainly they don't. A, a team that they, don't. they don't. Okay, uh, they don't. And especially, but, especially if McLaurin is out. Well, the other who's, thing who's, about who's, who's we'll get up. to man. I think their cornerbacks are are. I, we, we talk, and I've heard y'all talk about the Colts are frauds. I think the Washington football team secondary is a big freaking fraud. I think their pass rush makes them look a shit oh, ton better. Of course, than uh, oh, absolutely. A great pass rush could mask a bad secondary mm-hmm. all day. It's it is. I've you know you see it here from a lot yeah. a lot of teams. The teams that are able to get pass rush, that's why you see an elevated secondary. Their secondary looks so much better as soon as right. that pass rush goes away. All of a sudden, everything falls apart, and that's why. But. Like I said, if if Chase Young and company can get to Tom Brady, it's going to be a long day for Tom Brady. And that I just don't. I'm not gonna. I may have a little bit. I play more contests than you guys do. I may have a slight mm-hmm. amount, but it's going to be much less. I would rather play Philip Rivers, which I know you talk about Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers doesn't have a ceiling. But if he mm-hmm. gets you 20, which is certainly a range of possibility, because some of the things if you look at, you brought up the fact with him was okay. If you look at his numbers, are falling off. Well, they're falling off because they've been they, they've been ahead in these games. They haven't had to. They've been able to lean on Jonathan That's Taylor. Fair. And yep. my problem with playing Jonathan Taylor when we get to running backs is going to be they are seven and a half point underdogs. If the Bills throttle them, Jonathan Taylor is good night. 
and it's gonna and it's gonna be Naheem Hines. I think he's yeah, yeah. leverage play on the slate. Leverage play. He's, he's been a great play. Yeah, off of yeah, Jonathan he's Taylor. A good play. And yep. so I think Philip Rivers is a play. It's a, it's, a, it's a three game slate, right? So we don't need like if if Jonathan or, or if uh, Josh Allen doesn't hit his ceiling, if he doesn't score thirty, and let's say he scores twenty two, I think right. even if even Philip Rivers comes in and gets you 18, 19, or whatever. The, the money you're saving and what you're able to pay up for at wide receiver or the, the rest of your build, because it, it could end up being enough to be able to sink those Josh Allen teams if Josh Allen doesn't go nuclear and then doesn't have that. Because he's he is the guy, right? Like he's the main chalk. He's got to be probably the most po- popular player on this entire slate. For good reason. Kind of gross. But I do think what Maddie was bringing up, I think this LA. Seattle game could end up being the sneakiest game on the slate because I think that's the game that I don't think people are going to want to play. You might see some one-offs with DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but I think guys like Chris Carson are going to go overlooked. I think guys like like DK Metcalf is probably going to be much lower owned than he should be. His ceiling is so high that, but obviously his his floor is very low. But I think Russell Wilson, ignoring Russell Wilson on the slate, could end up being something you look back on Monday or Tuesday and be like, the fuck was I thinking not playing Russell Wilson? Exactly. Like, like I but get I just, it. Everything, yeah, everything. Yeah. You, you, every, there, there's not a lot right now that you can point and say, you know what? Like, why would you want to play him? But if you still look at him last week, he still, even though it wasn't a great game, only 181 passing yards. He still had 18.1 fantasy points. Right? Not, not terrible in terms of a 6,600 dollar quarterback. It, it all comes down if, if Josh Allen doesn't go off, then Russell Wilson becomes in play because even week before that, when they played LA. 225 passing yards, 19.9 fantasy points. So he's still getting there. He Yes, he's not going crazy and putting up the 34s and the 30s. But in that game, he got the one rushing touchdown that padded his floor and made it look a whole hell of a lot better. It's only one out of a few for the whole year. That's what we should be targeting in DFS. He's got two rushing touchdowns the whole season. He just got that one in that one game. Without that, he's got He didn't have a rushing touchdown last week, and he had 18. But, I know that but we're so, talking about the Rams game and talking about how he got 19 points. Six of yeah. that came by the score. Past that, we, we can't take that away. What are we doing points? here? Like, you, can't, you can't just be like, well, if you take that away, I can say that about everybody. Like, if you no, take this Rams thing is different. It's not like he's Josh Allen and he gets rushing touchdowns like crazy. It's a different conversation. He's got two on the whole damn season. Two. I'm saying though, I'm saying what I'm saying though. I'm not saying that I would that he's my favorite quarterback, but he is certainly in play, and he should be much more in play yeah. over a guy like Tom Brady is. And no, I, think, I, think, I think it just no, depends I get, on, I the on Tom Brady. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Tom Brady folds. He's like a wet paper doll under pressure. He's terrible. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's the playoffs though. I mean, I'm just looking at it like. And, and how many times have we looked at this just week after week with Seattle? Like, it's just crazy of how they how they attack teams. And especially, you know, they, they are going to try – like, Pete Carroll's so annoying, and that's what makes it frustrating about playing Russell Wilson. It's like they want to get out of this game as at, – as quickly as they can and just move on to the next week. Like they are not going to set Russ up in a position where mistakes could be made. And so they got Rashard Penny back healthy. Now, Carlos Hyde is going to be in there. Chris Carson's going to be in there. Like they are going to try and control, control the clock, especially if it's Wolford. Now, if Jared Goff is on the other side. I think, Jared like, Goff I think, I, I, I think 100% he plays. I, I think, think they're going to try it. They're yeah. going to try to get him out there for sure. But I mean, like he's got a surgery on his thumb on his throwing hand. Like, 
how is that? I just, I, it, I just Golf see this throws game a being six on the first drive, or he throws. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, not being the same injury and everything I, else. I, I get it Stafford, Stafford's I, been playing through a thumb injury on on his throwing hand for 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 weeks. You know, and it has really it's a partially torn ligament. This dude dislocated it and like ripped everything he had. Though it was a little bit. I, I mean, I, no, I get it. I get it. All the same thing. I don't think Goff is. I don't think Goff is Stafford, bro. <laughs> like just re- just real talk. Like he he's not because on the other side hey, too. The all, rant, all they need to do is shoot, shoot him up with some painkillers, which is what they do, right? And and, and yeah. let, let him go out there and grip it and rip it, right? It, it's one game. Like and, and you're right, it, it could go sideways. I, I'm not saying Russell. Yeah. Like again, it's it's not a, a take of Russell Wilson's lock, but I definitely think he's far more in play than than I think. What people are going to give him credit for, and I think a lot of people are going to have that mindset. I can't play yeah. Russ. I'm not playing Russ. I'm not doing it. And I think you could look back on this because Russell Wilson is still one of the best fucking quarterbacks in the league. And Russ is still one of the most yeah. efficient quarterbacks in all in the league. And he can pick it up on the ground as well. So he is one of what the only other quarterback on this slate, not named Josh Allen that, that, that can, that can say that all the other ones are old white dudes who can't <laughs> fucking move in the pocket. And th- that's what we're looking at. Right. So for yeah. me, like I said, like I think Russell is definitely in play. I, do I think he's a smash play? No, but I think the ceiling is definitely there, but even if he gets you 20, it's really going to come down to Josh Allen, but that's going to be the same thing for anybody, no matter the argument. Yeah. It's going to be what does Josh yeah. Allen do? Because because if yeah, if, he, if he smashes, it doesn't matter. And, but if he only gets you twenty, then that's when these other guys come into play. And that, and and I think to me, I think you still look at Russell Wilson and say he has a pretty safe floor comparatively to some of these other guys that we're, we're you're going to be talking about. Because Philip Rivers' well, floor is like ten. It, no, for sure, it, it's scary too. I mean, but he's he's also only fifty four hundred in a game script where you think right. they could be playing from behind. And I I love the Naheem Hines calls. We get into running backs here, like he's yeah. only forty seven hundred. Like it just makes a, a, such a cheap stack if you can get him and one of the cheap ca- pass catchers, maybe Pascal, maybe Pittman. If you could talk yourself into that to avoid Tre'Davious White, but so let's talk about the running back position too, Kev, because I'm looking at this and like Cam Akers is fifty one hundred, and like this dude is. This is ridiculous on what he was doing. Like we were talking about this on last week's week 17 slate when I was talking about making pivots and I was pivoting to some cam makers as he got ruled in and I was nervous about it for sure. But it was a week 17 slate like I was kind of dead in the water. There was some chalk that was going on in the afternoon and this dude comes back and sees what like 24 opportunities, 21 opportunities off of that injury like that is ridiculous. And he's seen like uh, 18, 19 on average over the past four week opportunities with this team. And you're like, you're saying Kev, like the way that Seattle possibly is going to win is by putting the ball in Russell's hands. Okay. So the Rams on the other side, how do we keep him off the field? Like we need to ground and pound against this defense who Seattle has been kind of fraudulent on defense, like playing Sam Darnold, playing Colt McCoy, playing uh, Jared Goff, some of these other guys they've been playing, like these, these CJ Beathard, these are not all worldly names that we're kind of worried about. And if you're getting a Cam Akers at 5,100 here going against Seattle in this matchup, like he could really pay that off. And so I'm trying to talk to myself into some of these game scripts or how I think that the games are going to go on the builds. And I'm playing a lot more single entry um, this week with how the slates are coming out. So um, in large field tournaments, for sure, like everybody is in play. But when I'm looking at the teams and how I see the games going, like I like some of these cheap guys. I like Naheem Hines at 4,700 if they're going to be playing from behind. Cam Akers to control the game. And then J.D. McKissick, he comes in at 4,800. Like Antonio Gibson still dealing with the toe injury. If they are playing from behind, if the Bucks can somehow take control of this game and get up to a lead, like 
wheels up for McKissick. And my gosh, if McLaurin misses or if he's limited, he's dealing with an injury too. like him and Logan Thomas both are going to see a ton of work. Um, so I, I like going cheap here at the running back position. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor at the top. He's seven, nine. Uh, Chris Carson comes in at five, nine, but again, Penny's there, uh, hides there. It's hard for me to get to Carson. Uh, Gibson's banged up. Jones is in a tough matchup, but we've seen how much they've kind of relied on Jones, um, as of late to kind of get him going. And Fournette has kind of been an afterthought when Jones is healthy. So I do have some interest in Jones where I'm not playing Brady. And, and that's really about it for me. Like, I just I can't by any good conscience play one of these Buffalo Bills running backs. I know people will play them because they're the first game on the slate. People will not be able to help themselves. So they were going to ownership. I'm not playing Leonard Fournette. I'm not playing Carlos Hyde. Like, so for me, it, it starts with those three guys who are at the bottom uh, of McKissick, who catches passes, uh, Cam Akers, who should be on the field a ton, and Naheem Hines, who catches passes, and then I'm going to figure it out elsewhere at wide receiver. Uh, Maddie, how are you feeling about running backs this week? Yeah, I am 100% on board with you. I think I may just sprinkle in some Jonathan Taylor just so, you know, in case he does smash, because he can. Like, this is a good matchup for him to crush. Like, But maybe you maybe you play Jonathan Taylor on your Russell Wilson team because – Nobody, a lot of people are going to play Taylor. Nobody's going to play Russ. And that's a way you can kind of make yourself different from the field. Um, but yeah, I think everybody's going to just, okay, let me, Josh Allen, run it back with Jonathan Taylor. That's how everybody's going to start their builds um, because there are a lot of cheap options and you can kind of do basically whatever you want. But outside of him, um, yeah, it's, it's Cam Akers because he's not going to come off the field. I know the matchup is horrible, but 5,100, uh, that's way too cheap for a guy who's going to carry the ball over 20 times and see three to four targets. Um, and then, yeah, McKissick and Hines. M- McKissick against Tampa Bay, they've given up the most receptions uh, to the running back position this year. They're the only team to allow over 100 catches uh, to running backs, so definitely like McKissick there. Um, he's been a favorite target of Alex Smith because Alex Smith does not want to hold on to the ball and take sacks. Uh, he wants to get the ball out of his hand quickly, and that's just been McKissick's role in the offense. Um, and then outside of that, if you're not playing Jonathan Taylor, I think Naheem Hines is the best leverage play on the slate. Uh, it's, it gets the same exact matchup. Uh, Buffalo's awful against running backs. Any, any way you slice it, if the, if Buffalo can get up earlier, this game turns into a shootout. Um, I think you see, you know, it turns into more of a split instead of just Jonathan Taylor out there. Um, and we've seen Hines, you know, troll all the Jonathan Taylor owners multiple times this year. Uh, it's For them, really, it's all about the touchdowns, right? So, like, Hines may not have a ton of volume uh, between the 20s, but if he scores twice – Jonathan Taylor owners now only have nine points and, and Hines is approaching 20. So yeah, I, I, I think Hines is an incredible leverage play. And I, I totally agree with you, Ryan. Kev, what's it, what's it you at the running back position? I don't know. I have a whole lot else to add. Um, I've already said what I had to say about Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think he's certainly somebody you can look to fade. Uh, he's going to have the highest ownership. Like I already said, you know, I think that Naheem Hines, uh, is an excellent leverage play. I do think Chris Carson. If you're not going to play, if you're if you if you don't want to play Russell Wilson, I do think Chris Carson at 5900 is too cheap. His involvement in the passing game as well. Um, I think he makes some sense. You guys already said everything I would have to have said about Cam Akers. Um, the, the the guy has been a workhorse. Uh, I was surprised he actually got as much volume as he got last week coming off a high ankle injury, but he was terrible. I mean, he, he I think he had like 34 rushing yards or something on 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 21 attempts. That, that's obviously not good. Yeah. But but I, he is he is practicing in full. 
And if he's going to get that kind of workload, like I love Cam Akers, the player. I think it's, it's, I think that was more of an anomaly um, than anything. And having probably John Wolford at quarterback probably didn't really help because um, they were just right. stacking the box saying, you're going to beat me, John Wolford, which he did. Uh, so, you know, other than that, I don't really have a lot else to say. I do think Ronald Jones is kind of is kind of an interesting maybe play that maybe people won't be looking at, especially against Washington. The, this defense, I think you probably look at them wanting to really uh, run the rock here in this game, you know, to help out Tom Brady. So fifty five hundred. I don't hate Ronald Jones. He certainly has a ceiling. You know, we've seen it this year where he could go off for twenty nine. You know, that that twenty nine upper echelon uh, at fifty five hundred. But that, other than that, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, road, road drive 5,500 definitely is interesting on that late slate. As I think the the Tampa Bay pass catchers will definitely be popular. I mean, especially we don't get Mike Evans out there like Godwin and uh, Antonio Brown will both, um, you know, be carrying the late hammer, so to speak. And so pivoting to a Ronald Jones and, and getting contrarian elsewhere could be could be nice. Uh, Derek, how about you at running back, man? How you feeling about this slate? Um, I mean, I'll have a lot of exposure to Jonathan Taylor. It's just chalk that I'll eat because I think the matchup is just fantastic. I mean, the Bills are 32nd and second level yards allowed. I mean, since week nine, they're 28th in explosive run rate. I mean, the game just sets up. Like, I think I, – I, I don't disagree at all. I think Naheem Hines is, is fantastic leverage. And if you want to get different with your Josh Allen builds, you want to run it back, run it back with Hines. Don't play Taylor. Like, that's – we're right. talking about getting different with your builds or, or go full game stack. Game stack the shit out of it. Play Josh Allen, play Hines. We'll get to other receivers that I love in that game, but I'll have exposure to Taylor. I, I get the phage is based off of um, and the leverage play with him. Um, Carson, I want to talk myself into it, but like Maddie was kind of talking about, I mean, the Rams are legit damn. Uh, they're honestly, they're a top five run defense and they don't get credit that they are, but they're, they're top two in a lot of the metrics that I look at as far as adjusted line yards, like I don't think Carson's going to have a lot of room to run in this game. I know uh, Mikey Potty is possibly going to be back. Shell's possibly back, so that helps him. But it's been a freaking mess, like with Seattle over the last like five, six weeks, what they do in the red zone. Like Carson leads them in red zone touches, but shit, like last week Alex Collins got five red zone totes. Carlos Hyde has a week uh, a few weeks ago where he had 15 freaking carries. Like – what they're doing with the running back position, that's just not a game that I want to play with Pete Carroll. Like, I I just – I don't, man. I love Cam Akers, though. Duke came back for all the reasons y'all stated. The other thing about it, dude, is that Seattle has been quietly terrible versus pass-catching running backs. Like, they're 29th in DVOA versus the position. They've allowed the fifth most receptions, third most receiving touchdowns. Um, and also, we haven't discussed yet, I, I, Andrew Whitworth might be back for this game. They just yeah, activated him. He comes back. Even a 70%, 60% Whitworth is better than most of the damn schmoes in this league. So I'll take that as, as a plus for Akers. If I know he's going to get 20 to 25 touches, Duke got 25 touches last week. So right. I think his path to a ceiling in this game is actually via the pass game. I think if Jared Goff is going to sit here and, and like he got the most targets he's gotten all season, and I know that's with Wolford last week, but – I mean, if golf is is not playing, obviously, at 100%, Seattle has been pressuring better. I like Akers, and we talked about one-offs. Uh, one of the, the minis I'm going to have a, a lot of exposure to is Lockett and Akers this week because I think it's fantastic how the script could set up for that game. Um, but I, I love Akers. I think Rojo's a, a really sharp call as well. Um, I think the Bucks. 
are going – all the pass catchers are going to gain a lot of uh, steam as the week goes on going into the weekend. Um, I think that he is a good leverage play off of that because nobody ever wants to play Ronald Jones. I don't even really want to play right. Ronald Jones, but <laughs> it's an ownership thing, and it's a three-game slate. Like, Washington's run defense has been really damn good. Like, they're eighth and seventh in open field and adjusted line yards. They're extremely damn good. But I, I, I think that Ronald Jones is in play because of the leverage and because of – we've talked about how bad Brady is versus pressure. Um the only way they keep him from not being pressured in this game is to run the freaking ball. So could Rojo get 20 to maybe 20, like 20 to 25 carries and they play slow. It's it. I think it's in the realm of possibilities. So outside of that, I, I get the McKissick call. Um, I just don't know if I'd see a ceiling for him here. I mean, we've, Kev, I know you've talked about it in, in weeks past. Like if you go to the game logs, Tampa's given up a lot of receptions, but that hasn't amounted a lot to like big games for for running backs in the past game. Like over the cumulative of the whole season, yeah, the numbers have matched up, but it's been a lot of like this and that, and, and nobody's really like hit a monstrous ceiling. So I just don't know if McKissick has the ceiling in this game, even though I think the game script sets up well for him. But Tampa, if they defend him well, dude could get five catches for like twenty yards, and if he doesn't score. You're probably just like, well, shit. I wish I played Cam Akers at pretty like pretty much the same price point. No, for, for sure. I will too. Just to jump in on your uh, your note on Seattle when they do weird stuff in the red zone, they've also thrown the ball. I just looked it up. They've thrown the ball 88 times in the red zone and only run it 59 times. So that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, and I'd be curious to know how much of that was in those first like nine weeks too. Um, yeah, I don't have that. Playing. I just have. I'd have to no, go week week by week to tell yeah. you, but. No, I didn't. I wasn't saying that to to say no. No, I agree. Trying yeah. to the numbers, but uh, but no, I, I I just it's just been tough to to kind of trust them. But um, as we as we kind of open it up, you know, for the wide receivers too. I mean, I I, I get it, Maddie. Like I'm looking at these price tags for these guys, and they will they will go on their own, especially Tyler Lockett. Like Tyler Lockett coming in at sixty nine hundred this week, more more uh, expensive than DK Metcalf and DK Metcalf. You know. All the talk has been about how Jalen Ramsey's been shutting down number one wide receivers, shutting down DK Metcalf in this matchup. I mean, you know, these these guys still got pride to play for. So, I mean, what's to say that they don't go out there and try to get DK loose um, against them? And when you're talking about he comes in at a what is his price tag? Sixty seven hundred dollars for for a DK Metcalf. If one of those guys is going to be explosive and we're you know, if we're not playing Russ and you're playing one offs, like by all means, try and get Receivers. That's what I'm trying to do is to make my exposure at the wide receiver position kind of different because I've already told myself that I'm good um, on teams where I'm not playing Jonathan Taylor. And it allows me to get up to these guys like Tyler Lockett and, and Chris Godwin and stuff like that. He, I think, you know, getting one of those guys is definitely interesting as a one off. Scrolling down here, too, on the other side of the game, like the Rams receivers, Robert Woods is 6,200. Like this dude has a 93 percent snap snap share rate like this. He's always on the field. He's doing everything right now. I know Cooper Cup's coming back. He's 6K flat, which is very interesting if it's going to be golf. Like we know they have a bromance going on there and and he could, you know, definitely pay off that price tag and get loose Um, and, and will be, you know, I mean, you're looking around that like in the mid tier range. 
Antonio Brown, 6,100, like Mike Evans, if he plays, he's 65. Like those guys will just go overlooked in that game completely. So I, I think getting the wide receiver ranges in that game in, in that uh, area makes sense for the cheap guys too. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, and I'll open it up to the floor too with this. Like I'm interested to see what Isaiah McKenzie's ownership is just had a big, uh, Week 17, no Cole Beasley is expected. I'm not saying to play him. I just think it, it gets interesting because I think he will be popular, like to a certain extent, like at his 3,300 or whatever he comes in I at. On because everybody saw him go God mode and have three. <laughs> every, every, exactly. Everybody, everybody saw him go God mode if they're not. If they're trying to play two wide receivers, and I don't think people have seen enough of John Brown, who's 4,700, one of my favorite plays. He's only had one game on the year where he saw less than four targets. So, like, if he's going to be out there like this, he just had in a half 72 and one on four catches in a half last week. Like, Josh Allen, he, he, the great thing about him is I think he locks into these guys and just tries to find ways to get him involved. Or Brian Dayball to your, to your, uh, to your point there, Derek, um, if he's getting these guys open, like we know where the targets are going in Buffalo. So a 4,700 John Brown is interesting. And then some these guys, uh, the cheap guys on uh, on Indy with Pascal at 3,700 and, and Michael Pittman at 3,500 that are just going to avoid Tredavious White. Like I do have interest in these guys in, in some game stacks there. And I don't know how many lineups I'm building yet, but I'm just looking at those price tags and it's, they're just, they're just cheap guys who I can play. Like I can talk myself into getting these guys in who are going to be seeing work if they're in a, in a negative game script. So that's where I'm at. And then on my Tom Brady teams, like I do like Antonio Brown. We talked about the Antonio Brown, where he fits in roles numerous times on this podcast and I was looking at the numbers and in the past three weeks I know this is going to be skewed by the week 17 132 touchdown game but his average numbers are higher than Chris Godwin's 24 points to I believe 22 fantasy points there over those past three weeks they they brought him in for a reason they want to get, get him involved like especially if there's no Mike Evans there he's 6100 like I'll, I'll have to play some of them um and, and Stefan Diggs, I mean, he's at the top. He goes without saying, right? Like, he's going to be like 60, 70, 80% on, depending on what kind of. We could say he's going to play too. They had, a, they had he, a video yes. come out today. He was dancing on the field. Like, the whole questionable tag is bullshit. <laughs> like, he's going to play. Can we just say right. that? Yes, he is going to play, and he's he's in play on Josh Allen builds, out of Josh Allen builds. Like, you, you definitely need to have exposure to this guy. Uh, Kev, wide receiver, talk to me, man. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I love Chris Godwin. I think Antonio Brown's a play over the last four weeks. He's actually leads the team in targets over the last four weeks with 33 or 36 uh, over that span. So I'd be surprised if Mike Evans plays at this point. Like I know they're saying that, that, you know, they're optimistic or they think that he might be able to play. He got into limited practice today after not practicing earlier in the week. They said he's a true game time decision. Like, I don't know. Like you feel like if you're Tampa, you, you should feel like they should be able to beat the, the Washington football team without Mike Evans and why risk, re, you know, injuring him further and losing him next week when you're definitely going to be playing a team like likely the if they were to win you know things play out you'll be playing the Packers like you need Mike Evans very, very, very for, for those types of games so I to me like I, even if he does play I think he could be very limited I don't think you see you know the full complement of Mike Evans so I do think that that raises you know Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown uh ceiling some the only guys I want to mention John Brown 4700 is way too cheap for him and Zach Pascal uh, gets an excellent max matchup inside the slot. Uh, their slot corner uh, is absolutely booty uh, for, <laughs> for for the uh, <laughs> for the Bills. He's so, 
So $3,700, Zach Paschal does make some sense there. And so, I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Gabe Davis, if you want to go there at 4K to get a little bit different as well on the Bills uh, side. But that's probably where I commit. I mean, you guys are probably talking about some other guys, but those are the guys that I really want to hit on. Yeah, about Derek, how about you, man, wide receiver? I mean, all the Bills guys, you got to love them, man. I mean, I love the John Brown call. He, he's going to see uh, Xavier Rhodes on about 50%. Xavier – struggles with two guys like that that I mean basically two types. If you got speed and you could double move Xavier Rhodes out of his freaking shoes, John Brown can absolutely smoke him in this game. I love John Brown. I like Gabe Davis a good bit. Uh, Beasley's out. Gabe Davis has basically been their Swiss Army knife. Like if Brown was out, he's played the outside. If Beasley's been out or he's left early, he's played the slot. So I, I do have some interest in Gabe Davis. So talking about being different with Josh Allen. I think that if Josh Allen goes nuclear in this game that if you triple stack him and you go Diggs, Brown, and Davis, you play for the three, four touchdown game, it's another way to be different because the Colts have been good at defending short uh, short passing. Rocky Sin's already been uh, ruled out in this game, so I think that that helped. Diggs moves all the way around the formation. doesn't matter. But I think that helps Davis if they go three, four wide in this game because the backup for him is TJ Carey. He's hot trash. Gabe Davis owns the deep role. Like that dude actually leads the Bills in deep targets for the season. So the Colts, while they've been good against the short pass, they're 22nd in DVOA against deep passing. So I want the deep role with Josh Allen. Um, I love the Pascal call. Teron Johnson is hot trash. You don't want to attack Tredavious White. You don't want to attack Levi Wallace. You can attack Wallace, but it's got to be with speed. I don't think that T.Y. Hilton is going to be able to separate him if he bodies him up and, and presses him at the line. So I love Pascal. Like, he's one of my favorite plays of this entire damn slate. I think that we've seen his role grow. He's got 20-point upside, and for that price point, it's just too damn cheap, man. I mean, getting into other guys, I'll have a crap ton of John Brown. Um, I don't like Hilton and Pittman in that game because I don't think that you want to attack the Bills outside corners. That's just not what you want to do if you're the Colts, um, I, I, I'm with y'all. I don't think that Mike Evans possibly makes it a go because Tampa just doesn't need him to beat this freaking team. And they, they don't. And that's one reason why I'll have a lot of Gronk because of how you attack Washington's pass defense. Um, I talked yep. about Lockett. He's one of my favorite uh, one-offs or, or correlation plays of the slate. I'm just not much on on Washington pass catchers. I mean, McLaurin, like all these guys, we haven't seen them have a ceiling, man. Like outside of like, we'll get to Logan Thomas, but like McLaurin's got like Carlton Davis is, is probably back for this game. Yes, I know the corners have been bad, but shit, they pressure Alex Smith. He's going to shit his pants and try to check it down every five seconds. Like he's not going deep to McLaurin. McLaurin, even when he's had good games, what ceiling has he shown us, man? I mean, 17, 14, 4, 3. Like, you got to go all the way back to freaking week 9 versus the hapless damn Giants to find a game where he scored 20 DK points. And at, at his price point, he's not going to get there. I, I So he's a guy I'm going to fade. I don't have any exposure to. Uh, on the Rams, like... I think Cooper Cup, if you're going to go with the Rams guy, is probably my favorite just because I, I think the Seattle outside corners are more legit than their slot corner. Um, so if I'm looking at a Rams guy, but past that, it's going to be really condensed, man. I mean, even if I'm going to be stacking other games and stuff like that, I'm going to have a crap ton of John Brown. I'm going to have a lot of Zach Pascal because 
I really think the dude hits the ceiling. Like I think he goes for twenty DK in this one. Yeah, and and, and Maddie, I'm, I'm going to toss it to you. It's just it's going to be interesting builds as I'm sitting here, and this is kind of the first I'm like looking at pricing um, for the full slate. I kind of was just going through the the rosters and stuff like that, but like I mean, just looking at the pricing and it, the guys that I want to play, like we're talking about thousands of salary like left on the table mm-hmm. uh, for these builds that I'm kind of getting to. Um, and so, you know, that that's going to even force the Jonathan Taylor um, exposure that much higher. You know, the, some of these high priced guys at wide receiver, like Chris Godwin and Stefan Diggs, like it's hard to get away from them um, as well too. And and then as we get into tight ends and Maddie, I'll kind of let you do wide receiver, your favorites, and then you can start off the tight ends if you want to, but at tight end, you got Logan Thomas at four, nine, and then you got, Three nine for Gronk. And I mean, then after that, you're talking about guys like Tyler Higby and Dawson Knox, Gerald Everett, Jack Doyle, Trey Burton guys. So like, I mean, how do you, how does Logan Thomas not be, you know, 65, 70% owned on a slate like this? Um, even with Gronk on it, just because um, you can have the salary to pay up for him. So Maddie, how do you feel about wide receiver and talk to us about tight end? Yeah, I mean, you guys touched on on all the good plays. Uh, I just want to, you know, add a fourth flag plant on Pascal. Uh, I think he's the best value play at wide receiver uh, this week. Um, I mean, he's 75% of the the Bills – I mean, the Colts slot snaps, uh, and you attack the Bills in the slot. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, T.Y. doesn't go there. So, yeah, Pascal, I think he's going to end up being the main target for Rivers in that game. And I actually disagree on the Lockett-Metcalf ownership. I think – Ryan, for the exact narrative that you mentioned, that DK is going to see Jalen Ramsey, I think everybody's going to play Lockett instead, even though he's $200 okay. more. And D- DK Metcalf is a grown-ass man. I don't care who is lining up on the other side of him. Like, <laughs> give me give me Russell Wilson deep balls to DK Metcalf on a three-game slate. I don't. I, it doesn't really even really matter who the cornerback is. Uh, I, I definitely want exposure. Um, definitely he's not an all-in. Like, it's not like he's a core player or anything, but you definitely want to have – it, uh, at least a share of DK Metcalf um, because I mean, he can turn four catches into 120 yards and two touchdowns in the blink of an eye and doesn't even require a high volume. So that's, that's a big reason I like him on a three game slate. Um, and then, yeah, Cooper cup. I mean, you guys didn't really touch on him, but if, if we're playing the narrative um, and we don't know who the QB is, but it, it, let's say golf does come in and play with a, a banged up thumb. I can't imagine that golf is going to be trying to push the ball down the field a ton uh, and Cooper Cup has an eight out of six yards this year. So uh, you legit could see 15 to 20 Cooper Cup targets if golf plays. And even if Wolford's in, Cup saw nine targets within the last week. So or it was that two weeks ago that he played. Yeah, I said it was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah he didn't play last week. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I still think Cup is, is going to be involved uh, no, no matter who the quarterback is. But I do think golf plays, and, and I think uh, that he may not try to push the ball down the field uh, as much as he normally would. So – um, yeah, I think he's he's definitely uh, an interesting play. And then moving over to tight end, uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't think you need to get really too crazy here. It's, I mean, it really is Gronk and Logan Thomas at the top, and I don't really see a need to play anybody else. I'll kind of toss it to you guys and see if you guys have any off-the-wall. Yeah. Kev, Kev, I know you're the off-the-wall tight end guy, so maybe I'll kick it to you. I got one. Kev doesn't. The only one that I think that if you really wanted to get, like, cute would be um either tyler or tyler higby i think i think could be a play uh it could be somewhere you could go um at 3400 but as with him being as close to gronk you know i i think i, I probably wouldn't want to do that uh, other than that maybe jacob hollister at 2700 but 
that that's about it. But I do think it's pretty much Logan Thomas and Gronk. So I'm going to throw this guy's name out there, and I'm only going to throw talk about it in a game stack of being different and how Indy can attack. I think Jack Doyle's in play in a game stack. And the only reason I'm going to say that is because Buffalo's been ass against tight ends. They've been absolutely terrible. Even with Matt Milano back, um, they've been allowing a lot of production. I mean, the second most receiving yards, fifth most DK points per game to the tight end position. Doyle's the only guy that's gotten red zone targets over the last few weeks. Now, they split routes uh, between him and Burton pretty similarly, but Rivers has actually been targeting Doyle and if we're talking about you don't attack the outside corners I'm not talking about him as a one-off and stuff like that but if you're stacking up the game and you go full game stack I do think that Jack Doyle is interesting you want to get just side note on Indy you want to guess who leads the team in resident targets this year it's not, um, Jack Doyle. it's not Jack Doyle is it Pittman it's Pascal he's got 16 oh. Slot roll, man, dude. If, if Paris Campbell would have stayed healthy, we could have seen an explosion year, man. They wanted yeah. to feed him so damn bad. Hines and Ty are second on the team with fourteen red zone targets. Hines being that high is just oh, like, um. Crazy. And, and you got you had my wheels turning earlier, Maddie, with a point you brought up about uh about with when we were talking about Carson, Seattle. Uh, if you're playing DK, rolling back here just for a second here, their red zone passing rate has dropped off a table. So any of the guys you're playing there, you're playing like you're talking about for for deep touchdowns. I know you brought up how much they run, but weeks one through nine, they were fourth in red zone passing rate with sixty five percent. And since week 10, they've dropped off the table. They're 15th and only throw in 48% of the time inside the red zone. So if you're playing the guys, you want the deep roll mm-hmm. is what I'm kind of bringing up here. I think I think that, I that kind of hurts Hollister uh, as, even, yeah. a, as a play because they're going to just run it when they get inside the 20. That's going to hurt him because he ain't going to get – you're playing him for a touchdown. You're not playing him for any type of ceiling outside of that. Yeah, I mean, t- yeah, tight end, I don't, I don't have much to add. It, it's ugly. So um, – I, I I can't get to these guys outside of maybe maybe some game stacks and in, in twenty max or or uh, larger fields um, that I get into. I mean, for the top, I'll just be rotating in guys like Logan Thomas and and Gronk because Does I can. Feel be like a two touchdown game coming from Gronk with no Mike Evans if he doesn't play like it all in the red man. zone. Like could he like just totally break shit this weekend? Like on this Saturday slate, get two three touchdowns. Cause I just I get that damn feeling, man. I get feeling like Brady's just gonna like feed him in the red zone. I mean, he he has been all year. I mean, Mike Evans right. has been their red zone guy. I mean, they Godwin and AB, Godwin and AB have had like no red zone roles since yeah, Antonio Ed, Brown have gotten Evan, there. Like it's been Evans and Gronk, and Evans and Evans and Gronk are tied with the team lead. Both have twenty one red zone targets. The yeah. next highest is Fournette and Godwin are tied with nine. So if it's no Evans this weekend, I mean, I mean, do we need to just be like overweight on Gronk, like because people I, are going to like gravitate I'm more like, to Logan Thomas? I may not have a team without Gronk on it. I mean, it's he's he's a what a thousand cheaper? Yeah, he's a, he's a thousand cheaper. And Washington has been he's going to be less owned than Logan Thomas. That you can you can book that shit this year. Yeah, yeah, they, like they have been bad, and that's where they they rotate too. And it doesn't Gronk matter, like you're saying, if the bad. if the secondary is is abysmal, Derek, like they're gonna find ways to get him get him the ball, uh, for sure. And then and then we got defense that we can talk about too. So when we get into defense here, I mean, you got Bills at the top, uh, thirty five hundred bucks at thirty three, Rams twenty nine, Seahawks, uh, Washington football team, and then Colts is how it rounds out. I mean, now the thing about defense is again, like. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to pay up at the top if you see something 
that you like, like try and try and be different, try and be variant because it might just take a, a defensive touchdown in one of these games that um, one of these teams that's going to be low owned to kind of pay off here. So like, yeah, I could talk about how, you know, I want, I like uh, the Buccaneers at, at the top at, at 33 with them getting Carlton Davis back and possibly JPP and being able to be on the late slate there. I mean, Bill's at the top and Indy going against Phillip Rivers at home, but they have some liabilities too. And they're the first, it's just so hard with the first team with the ownerships. Like they're always just so much more inflated than they should be. And so you're looking at this middle game and like the Rams at 29 or Seahawks at 27, depending on who the quarterback is like, those are those are nice plays. So I won't even I will have teams where I'm leaving salary on the table just because I want to play one of these low end defenses um, as well. Um, I've seen people talk about the Colts um, at twenty two hundred. I just you don't need to play them. So I don't know why you would play them. I mean, if they hit for you, great. Like, I'll, I'll shake your hand. That's fine. But uh, I won't be getting there myself. I just don't really see the need to play them. And I, I'll I'll have some Washington football team, but very little because I do like Brady this week. So um, I'm taking him as I think Washington could be popular if people try to fit in all the salary, top salary guys and use it up. How are you feeling about defense? Uh, the three defenses I want to play are the three cheapest. So that's cool. Uh, give me the, the Colt <laughs> against Buffalo, Washington against Tampa. Those are the two defenses facing the two highest pass rate offenses on the slate. Um, and as we've said all year, good things happen when the opposing offense throws the ball a lot. So uh, that's how you get sacks. That's how you get interceptions and defensive touchdowns. Um, and you just need to luck box into one of those. So, uh, yeah, the, them two. And then I, I like Seattle against the Rams with God knows what's going to happen at quarterback for the Rams. So. Uh, and Seattle defense has been playing pretty good over the last few weeks. So, yeah, uh, for me, yeah. it's going to be sixty percent Washington, forty percent Seattle. Log out. I like it, Derek. How about you? Uh, I mean, w- for for the reasons, I, I'll throw the Rams in there as well. I mean, I like defenses that do things that like scores points. So outside of like, yeah, Seattle's been a good defense, but it, like looking at like how it correlates to what kind of production we're getting out of these guys, like. Can you pressure? That's great. But are you actually getting sacks? Are you getting turnovers? Are you getting these things? Like Seattle's been a better defense, but their their fantasy scoring has been dog shit. Like it's been five, nine, nine, 12, nine, nine. Like they're not giving you like this crazy ceiling. Whereas like if we get golf in this game versus Wolford, now if Wolford plays, then I'm just like, nah, probably not. But like, you look at the Rams, dude, like they have scored out of their last like five, eight games. It's all double digits. They've shown you a ceiling. They scored 20 twice in the last two weeks, even versus Seattle. They put up six points and they put up 13 in the previous one. So I think that if I love Cam Akers, I can correlate him with the Rams defense pretty damn well. So I think people are not going to want to play them. I think them and the Colts are going to get overlooked here. Um, and people are going to go and they're going to play Seattle. They're going to play Washington even more. And sometimes, like, if we're talking about these game stacks, I think it's viable to even play the defense with, like, say, Josh Allen and stuff like that. Like, you know, like, go Buffaloes. Like, that. that's – I almost looked at a GPP, like, two weeks ago because of that. Because they got – like, they got up. The other team has to throw a bunch. And sometimes, depending on how you see these game scripts good out, like, say the Rams are truck-sticking Seattle early – and Russ has shown that he will throw the ball like he has thrown interceptions versus defense. 
it could happen, man. I think that other these other defenses are definitely in play. Like, I love Washington. I think that they could put Brady on his back like all damn day. But I think that they're also probably going to be the highest on freaking defense on the entire slate. So if I get them like they're 50% on and then like the Rams are 15% and they score a defensive touchdown or something crazy, then, I mean, see you at the top, guys. <laughs> no, I preach, preach, brother. Uh, I I don't hate that. I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, I always think that it's it's nice to get weird at defense, um, especially on a short slate on a three gamer, um, just because we'll we'll see that ownership will we'll kind of congregate. So if you can get some of those paying off that that's nice. Uh, I think that I think that about does it for the slate here. Uh, do we want to do the build on this one or do we want to do both builds on the on the second show? How we, no, we can do how it. Should we work? All right, let's let's do it for this one then. So we'll get it in uh, to the five dollar single entry um, huddle for this week for the Saturday only slate. This is going to be a Saturday uh, only build. And um, let Derek, you're the guest man. You started off how we build this right. team. Well, I'm sure so. Not picking the quarterback. That's for damn sure. Um, I'm going to start off with Cam Akers. Don't let me pick the quarterback. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm picking. Uh huh. All the Philippines. I know Kev. I know Kev. Like the the same thing too. Who's next? Uh, Ryan, I, I'll play Lockett. Yeah, I'll play Lockett. Because I I like him. So let's just so it, it doesn't matter. Or let, let's play Russell Wilson. Running back with Cooper Cup, please. <laughs> All right. So was it back to me? Well, we haven't shut up about this guy the entire damn show. So Zach Pascal. And we could do a whole bunch here. Uh, definitely got to play Stefan Diggs, so I'll put him in. Okay, so he's going with the flex. Uh, let's go Gronk. All right. Ooh, get some good monies here, man. Jonathan Taylor. Can we work it? Who do we get? Uh, oh, yeah, the gold key. Yeah. Who did you say, uh, Derek? I was like, well, I mean, all we got left to fill after that, after we play Jonathan Taylor, is a cold Steve. Oh, Cooper well, Matt, Matt, yeah. Matt, yeah, so, yeah, Cup. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so it doesn't. So then, yeah, we put a cup or a locket in the flex. It doesn't matter. All right, so that that's the team with uh, only Grot going late. That's very that's very interesting. That's a nice build there. So yeah, make sure it's very important to make sure you have your late guys in the flex on the three game slate, especially with right. Indy Buffalo being the first game of the day. Yeah, toss locket in the flex. Absolutely. So- so, yeah, we got Russell, Cam, Akers, Jonathan Taylor. So, rookie running backs for all the money. Um, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Zach Pascal, Gronk, Colts D, and then Cooper Cup or Lockett can go on the flex there. That's the team that uses all the salary, as I was talking about leaving, leaving salary on the table. But here we are because well, we played. Well, because uh, if, you, if you're getting trusted, you just uh, you swap off Lockett and you go to, like, somebody like Rojo in late. Right. Yeah, you absolutely. That's, that's a great, uh, great move there. Let's lock it in. I love it. That's going to do it for the Saturday slate. We appreciate you guys rocking with us. Um, hour of goodness there for your Saturday slate. And there'll definitely be a Sunday one. So make sure you guys are looking in for that. If you're, if you're listening to the show and you're like, wait a second, they didn't talk about Sunday's games. Don't worry. We got a whole nother show coming at you. But appreciate you guys rocking with the D-Gen Nation team. This is episode 97, the NFL DFS wildcard Saturday show. Uh, signing off for myself at Ryan Alexander underscore W and signing off for the rest of the crew here. Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13, Maddie D at Maddie DFS on Twitter, and Derek Brown, our guest at Bro underscore FFB. We will see you guys on the other side for part two as we break down the Sunday slate. 
And uh, good luck on Saturday. Make sure you guys get that money. Peace. You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? When you better get used to the way the war back. I see what you got. Adventures and ounces. But that's a break, boy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.